This morning's scripture is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning in verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our church's mission statement is something with which you might be familiar. I want to read it for you again and invite you to follow along. We welcome warmly, grow faithfully, and serve generously, leading people into life-giving relationships with Christ and each other. And it's that phrase right in the middle that we're thinking about this morning, serve generously. And there is no better story in the Gospels that describes for us serving generously than this story of Jesus feeding the thousands. It's a great story and it has much to teach us. Now the first thing that I want us to notice is what Jesus did not do when he saw the hungry thousands of people. He did not judge them. He did not shame them. He did not call them lazy. He did not say they should have been better planners. He didn't call them unlucky and he didn't call them sinners. He loved them. He cared about them. And he met them at their point of need. It was, after all, the disciples who said to him, Lord, it's evening. Send them away so that they can buy food for themselves. And Jesus pushes back and says, No, they don't have to go away. You feed them. And that is the second miracle wrapped up inside this larger miracle. The larger miracle is, of course, Jesus feeding the thousands with just five loaves and two fish. But the smaller miracle embedded in that is that Jesus wanted to involve his disciples in the miracle, and he wants to involve us in the miracle of blessing and feeding and serving others. If you think about it for a moment, Jesus could have easily done this miracle all by himself. 
But down in verse 19, Matthew is very explicit. Jesus had the crowd sit down. Jesus, rather than giving the food directly to the people, gave it to the disciples to give to the crowds. It's as if he wanted them involved. It's as if he wants us involved in the blessing. It's almost as if Jesus is saying in this story, my relationship with a hungry, hurting world always goes through your heart. It will always be routed through the hearts of my believers so that I can loop them in and involve them in the rich blessing of sharing. So we are involved. That's the way it's supposed to be. Now, whenever I come across a great story in the Gospels, one of the games I like to play is uh, the simple game of who am I in this story and where am I in this story? Because when I place myself in the, the great gospel stories, uh, I learn some things that I might not learn if I just read it in a flat way. So let's ask ourselves this morning, who are we in this story and where are we in this story? Now, I'm pretty sure we can all make the case that we are the hungry thousands because we have physical needs that our Lord meets every day and we depend upon him. Uh, we have spiritual needs that only Christ can satisfy. But for our purposes this morning, let's place ourselves in the character of the disciples, the first followers of Jesus. We're those people. We are the ones who want to send the people away because we're consumed with our own problems, right? We are the ones who are sort of bubble-wrapped in our own grief and our own needs and our own pain. And we are so wrapped up, we don't even see the hurting people around us. We are the ones who are overwhelmed by the thousands of people and their needs. Do you ever get overwhelmed? Especially in these days of pandemic. Some days the prayer requests come in from so many directions. The needs in our congregation. The needs in our world. And sometimes it just seems like it's overwhelming. And sometimes we are those disciples. That just look at the needs and we don't know where to start. We are the ones in this story who deep down maybe doubt that what we have to offer, five loaves, two fish, what we have to offer is not enough to really deal with the hearts of the people around us. And yet, Jesus knows all about us. Jesus says, you know, I know that you're self-absorbed at times. I know you're weak. You feel overwhelmed, but I need you to stand in the gap. I need you to take the little you have and watch me bless it. I want you to turn around and I want you to be a blessing to somebody else. Jesus wants us to do that. And sure enough in this story, those five loaves and two fish became enough 
to feed thousands. And I'm thankful for such a testimony. It gives us hope. In a fascinating book entitled The Rise of Christianity, Rodney Stark makes the case that the followers of Christ behaved in the early centuries of the church in such a healthy and such a, a faithful way that during the great plagues of the early Christian centuries, the behavior of these early believers was a positive witness that people sat up and noticed and it actually contributed to the spread of Christianity. Because during these great plagues, the witness of God's people was so compassionate, was so faithful, that people felt the difference. Wouldn't it be wonderful in the midst of COVID-19 if people all across our nation and world sat up and took notice and said, you know, these Christ followers, they are really really compassionate. They are really meeting needs. I want to know more about this Christ whom they're following. Wouldn't that be a great, great testimony? Ralph Neighbor Jr. was a great mission strategist. Uh, he wrote a lot of books on how to reach people. And I always found his writing particularly helpful as he as he taught us about how to reach secular people who don't have any kind of faith foundation or orientation. Ralph Neighbor once wrote, there are three principles for reaching secular people. The first principle is serve them. The second principle is serve them. And the third principle is serve them. It's in serving our neighbors. It's in serving our community, our world, that our relationship with Jesus Christ is made real. And so this morning, you may be thinking, you don't have much to offer God, and you don't have much to offer others. But God wants you to bring that little that you have. And he wants to bless it. And he wants to make it much to touch other people's lives. Our little becomes much when we place it in the Lord's hands. And it's not to be missed that toward the end of this uh, Bible story, in verse 20, Scripture records that there was food left over. It's not like Jesus performed this miracle and there was just barely enough. The last crumb fed the last person. No, 12 baskets left over. Superabundance, overflowing. So Jesus Christ wants to be the bread of life for our own souls. And he wants us to take that in in such a way that in the overflow we can turn and serve others. So to summarize where we've been this morning with this story, let's simply uh, think about this. 
When Christ is our source and others are our focus, God always provides abundantly. Now, I want you to think about how we need both of those first two phrases. Because if you leave out the second phrase, it doesn't work. Christ is our source, but we forget that as Christ nourishes us, we're supposed to be focused on other people. If we get focused on ourselves and we're not a blessing to others, then, then the formula doesn't work. But then flip it around. Let's suppose that we forget the first phrase and all we want to do is run out in the community and world and focus on others and we want to help them. But we soon run out of strength. We run out of gas. We run out of nourishment because Christ is not our source and we just can't sustain it over the long haul. We need both. Christ is our source. Others are our focus. And when we live in that rhythm, Christ, the bread of life, feeds our hungry souls and then empowers us to serve generously. May God help us to do that today and this week. God bless you. I want to remind you that this is the first Sunday of the month. Traditionally, when we were able to meet in person, that was always Benevolence Sunday, and so we'll call this Benevolence Week. We want to thank you for taking part in our Benevolence offering. Uh, we want to see what love can do because there are so many needs in our community and everything you give stays local, and we're thankful for your faithfulness. That plus your regular tithe and offering helping our ministries go forward. I want to share with you some news about uh, these online worship experiences. Beginning next Sunday, August 9th, we're going to expand. Uh, we will be going live at 8.15 a.m. and 10 a.m. So uh, if that accommodates your schedule in a better way, then uh, we're glad it's helpful. 8.15 and 10 a.m. And we think it will be a blessing to you. We're going to continue online only with our worship for the foreseeable future and we'll keep you posted about any changes. I also want to share with you that toward the end of August, uh, we're going to form some adult small groups. We're going to launch some studies and discussions on some very important topics. The study is entitled, Let's Talk, Conversations on Life-Giving Relationships. There'll be several groups on different topics and they'll all be virtual. You can sign up online or you may call the church office Monday through Thursday, eight to five and get signed up. We encourage you to do that because I really feel like in these days of pandemic, uh, we need to find more ways, new ways to connect with each other. And all of these topics will be vital to our conversations about life-giving relationships. We're grateful for your presence today, looking forward to the blessings of serving together, even from a distance. I invite you now to participate in a benediction, a word of blessing, God's good word, as we go from this place. This morning, from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, I invite you, wherever you are, to bow your heads, 
and receive this word of blessing. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.